Holy Spirit, we just invite you just to fill us up right now. Fill this church up, fill our children's church, fill our Bible drillers, fill our youth, fill our college. Fill us up, Lord. Fill those that are missing tonight, Lord, having to work, having to do family stuff. Fill us, Holy Spirit. Fill us, Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, we're listening. Part of your role, Holy Spirit, is to say what the Father is saying, and that's what we desire is to hear. Speak to our hearts right now, Lord. Speak truth. Just ask that we would hear truth tonight. Your Word tells us that the Holy Spirit is the teacher. Come and teach us, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. just want to encourage you, uh, many of you here are familiar with the baptism in the Holy Spirit, and you're familiar with tongues. But open your spirit up to learn something new. I'm not going to be teaching anything new outside of what I normally teach, unless the Holy Spirit just gives me a divine word. But just be listening for a word. Okay, when you sit under, when you sit under, um, when you sit inside of God's house being taught by, um, and forgive me, I don't know any other way to put this, but by the man of God, you need to be expecting to hear. We've come in here to worship, and we should be expecting to experience God. We should be expecting to hear from God, not just go through the motions of four songs or three songs or five songs or whatever, and then a message. Nope, I've come in here to be changed. I've come in here to hear. I've come in here because I don't know everything, and I need, I need some answers. Anybody here need answers? I need answers. And the thing is, I don't need bad answers because people can give you bad answers. Satan is trying his best to give you bad answers. I don't need bad answers. I need good answers. And Holy Spirit, I know the only answers that you can give are good. It's the only kind of answers that you can give me, God, is good. And I've come to the place, I've come to the source, I've come to the sanctuary, Lord, where you've promised to come. You've promised that we're two or more gathered in your name, that when we lift up the name of the Lord, you, your word has told us that when we praise you, you inhabit it. We've been praising you, and now, Lord, we expect you and we desire for you to speak to us. I would encourage that prayer every time you read your Bible. I would encourage that prayer every time that you pray. I need answers, and I'm coming looking for answers. And you are my source. Everybody say amen. Amen. All right. Let me just recap real quickly where we are tonight. If you've not been here over the last few weeks, we've been talking about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Yes, in a Baptist church, the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Yes. Um, and we've been talking about how the baptism in the Holy Spirit, we have seen five instances in Scripture where this, in, where, where this baptism in the Holy Spirit was separate from uh, the, the translation we've been reading has been conversion or salvation. The time that you gave your heart to Jesus. There, it is a separate um, experience. I'm going to give you real quick what those uh, um, passages were. First was Pentecost, Acts chapter 2. Then we looked at Philip's revival in Samaria, Acts chapter 8. Then we studied Acts chapter 9 where Paul was dramatically converted, healed, and then received the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Then we read uh, Acts chapter 10, where the household of Cornelius was converted and baptized, uh, baptized by, in the Spirit 
right on the spot, right as Peter was preaching, the Spirit came upon them and they were uh, filled with the Spirit and started speaking in tongues. And then finally, the last one was Acts chapter 19, Paul traveling to uh, Ephesus and found some disciples and said, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And if you remember what they said, they said, we didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. So what did he do? He baptized them again in water. He baptized them in the Holy Spirit, laid hands on them, and then they began to prophesy and speak in tongues. So one final point concerning the two experiences. Everyone needs to see that it is a separate experience. The separate experience can take place at the same time. It doesn't have, you don't have to sleep on it and then receive. Oh, you got saved today? Okay, come back tomorrow and you can receive the Holy Spirit. It can happen right away. But for so many, and I was included, I was saved at five and baptized in the Holy Spirit at 17. That was a big difference, big span of time. I'd say many of you have a similar testimony. You were saved young and received the Holy Spirit once you were maybe an adult or, or uh, whenever. Different, different time. Some of you, Pastor Matt really taught that when you um, got saved to go ahead and walk them through the baptism in the Holy Spirit right then. I have to tend to agree. Why wait? I, I would have preferred not to have waited, but I didn't know any better. Uh, but I, I didn't. That's okay. I made it, I guess. Conversion these, these separate experiences are given for two different reasons. Conversion is that experience of Jesus Christ by which the non-Christian becomes a Christian. While the baptism in the Holy Spirit is an experience of the Christian to help make them a powerful, equipped Christian. Christian 2.0. Not really. Just more. All right, tongues. We're going to dive into tongues tonight. I'm just going to kind of give a little brief overview. To take a step further into the baptism in the Holy Spirit is a phenomenon called glossolalia. Somebody else said, can anybody say that word? Thank you. Was that John? Of course it was John. <laughs> I mean that in the most respectful way. Or speaking in tongues. And let's face it, speaking in tongues has caused so much controversy, and it continues to swirl around the baptism in the Holy Spirit. John Sherrill, an author in, in his classic book that, that's called they, Shall, they Speak with Other Tongues, says in his book, tongues make people fight. If it weren't for this manifestation accompanying the baptism in the Holy Spirit, so many more Christians would receive it. The question is, why is there so much controversy in speaking in tongues? And as I've studied and as I've read many other ministers back from the charismatic movement on even further back, it's convinced me that there's two major reasons for this controversy, the controversy in speaking in tongues. Number one is fear. We're afraid. Number two is ignorance. We don't know. We didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. We've just taken a world, we've taken an incorrect worldview of what tongues are. We've watched the media inappropriately um, define religion and we've bought into it. Have you ever seen the TV shows where they show all the kooks and the quacks running all over the place and doing all kinds of foaming at the mouth? And 
you know, that's, that's not what this is. Out of fear and ignorance. The fear comes from years of warnings that speaking in tongues is fanaticism, emotionalism, or the devil. We need to understand that it is Satan, not God, who stands to benefit the most from the criticism and discrediting of spiritual gifts. And we need to recognize that he is continually trying to stir up prejudice and false teaching, all that he can, against the provision God has made for us. And someone has said that the two words Satan seems to hate most are tongues and demons. I'm going to tell you why. For speaking in tongues is the initial evidence of an experience designed to equip Christians with supernatural power with which to wage an effective battle against Satan. I'm going to show you from when tongues first was evident, I think that Satan was reeling right then. But if I go to the word demon, I think Satan is afraid of the word demon because it brings to lightness, exposes the nasty little helpers that Satan has to torment the people of God. Now, church, I, am, I, don't, I don't consider myself to be on the flaky side at all. At all. Um, but I speak in tongues. And when a demon is present, I cast it out. And that's not weird. That's kingdom. And if you think demonic activity is not happening, then you are completely deceived. And uh, dealt with it Sunday after church. Right here. For about an hour after service. They're real. People are, living, people are living in fear. People have let the occult and let things in on their land, and they can't get it out. And you know what? You can't. You're not stronger than that demon. The only way you're stronger is by the power of Christ. That's it. We try to get rid of Satan on our own, but we can't. We weren't intended to. We were intended to, to fight Satan with the blood of Christ. And uh, I just want to define that. I just, I'm just kind of defining myself and defining the church. That is not weird. That is not non-biblical. It is biblical to pray in tongues, to cast out demons, to lay hands on the sick and the sick recover. Everybody's okay with getting healed. It's okay. I'll get healed, but I won't pray in tongues. Well, it talks about tongue ceasing and healing ceasing and these other things. Why do we gra grab hold of one thing and not the other? Well, this has ceased, but that hasn't. Why? Well, because we still need healed, but we don't need the tongues. What do you mean? Who said? You just thought that's what you would pick? This is not a buffet line. Serving Christ is not a buffet line of picking what you want. It's taking it all. Do you know why? Because it's all good. It's not broccoli, 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 broccoli. There's some banana pudding in there. And there's gravy and biscuits. And you know what? They're all, they're all good and they all serve a purpose. And we need it all. We need our plate full. You ever have your kids go through the line and all they do is get fried chicken and bread? And you got to fight them to get the fried chicken? But then you got to tell them, nope, you got to get some beans. You got to get some the other stuff. Well, I don't want that. Well, I didn't ask you if you wanted it. You need it. 
get the broccoli. I don't like broccoli. I don't either, but I eat it. I don't like always praying for my enemy, but it benefits me. So I get the broccoli. How many of you have prayed for your enemy and you had to choke it down? Broccoli. Broccoli's good for you. You love broccoli. Good. I haven't reached that yet. I, I used to hate tomatoes. Now I love tomatoes. You know, I'm getting better at, at enjoying, not enjoying. I'm getting better at praying for my enemy. It, the more you do it, the less hard it is. The more I pray in tongues, the more I want to pray in tongues. The less I pray in tongues, the less I want to pray in tongues. It says in Acts chapter 2, verse 4, what? Okay, again, we're talking about our prayer language and not the gift of tongues, and I'm going to get into that. Uh, But you're right, there are two different things, so let me get back. I was kind of having a good time on my buffet line, but let's uh, let's back up here. Um, Controversy, demons and tongues. Satan's favorite tactic is to throw up an emotional smoke screen to create a controversy. To create controversy and anger when the gift of speaking in tongues is mentioned. More than once, how many times have we seen Christians, even pastors, sit and have a conversation about atheists, sit and have a conversation about people that, uh, Buddhists, about people that just are completely off target, maybe even be sitting with a Buddhist and have a conversation with them. But the second tongues come up, they get defensive. They get offended. And they, I'm talking about the Christian. I've seen it. There is something about tongues that is divisive to the Christian. And I want you to know it's Satan. It's not God. It's not God. It's Satan who is trying his best to rip us apart. And I believe it's more than coincidence that the criticism, criticisms of speaking in tongues began within minutes after it first appeared on the day of Pentecost. You know, the 120 are in the upper room. They get in one accord, and all of a sudden, the Spirit is poured out upon them. And next thing you know, they are three sheets to the wind. They are gone. They are filled with the Spirit, and they are, they are on a roll. Can you imagine us just going out and just completely, completely being full, and we can't hardly even control ourselves? Now, I want you to know we can completely control ourselves. We have the gift of self-control. Do you know that? I believe that those 120 weren't out of control. They were in full control. But they were completely in control of praying through the Holy Spirit. Praying with the Holy Spirit. So what happens? They come out and they're speaking in tongues. And these other people from other countries, from other other languages are understanding what they're praying. And they're amazed. But then there's that group saying, wow, it's whatever time o'clock in the day and they're already drunk. What's wrong with them? Like a bunch of babbling drunks. You know what I believe? Now, this is me. This is, again, now now check out for just a minute. This is just Pastor Paul. I think that Satan could not understand it, and he immediately threw division into it. There is something wrong here. I can't follow this. Break that up. Immediately. It happened immediately. Satan does not get it, and it bothers him. 
How many of you can't stand it when a conversation is going on beside you and you don't know what they're talking about? It will drive you crazy. Can you imagine Satan right in the middle thinking, man, everything's good going on around here, you know. And all of a sudden I don't understand that. And there's power right there. I've got to divide that. I've got to send something to go and stop that. And it is still in the church. Satan tried to discredit it right away. Fear and ignorance combined with false teaching have proved powerful weapons in Satan's hands. And it's tongues that's the point of controversy. And that's where criticisms land. I've had people leave our church because they found out that I prayed in tongues. I mean, I'm not, I'm not the only church where people, they, they hear that. And good people, people I love, still love, still have a relationship with, but can't grasp tongues. I would encourage you, get in the Word. Get in the Word. I think God knew exactly what He was doing on the day of Pentecost, that He did it right the very first time, and that He has not changed His mind. I also believe that it is the intent of God that every person receiving the baptism in the Holy Spirit should experience the miracle of speaking in tongues. Now, did you hear me? I think everyone that get, receives the baptism in the Holy Spirit can and should speak in tongues. Okay? Does a person have to speak in tongues to receive the Holy Spirit? The answer is you don't have to. You get to. Speaking in tongues is a privilege. It's a gift. And it's a new and intimate way of praying with direct supernatural help. I'm going to give you scriptures, maybe not tonight, but next, next time. The gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now listen to me. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are not to be despised or criticized. So if you have a problem with it, close your mouth. Don't let your mouth speak negatively about the Holy Spirit. How many, how many of you, and you don't have to raise your hands, as you've walked through being a Christian, you've had questions, you've had concerns? It's normal. It talks about working out your own salvation with fear and trembling. You've got to walk this thing out. I am walking out my salvation as I go. And I hit things sometimes that stump me. But be careful, not be careful what you say about God. Be careful. God is good. And God is true and He's faithful. And sometimes we just need a little bit of time to chew. It talks about meditating regurgitate that word. I've read, John Bevere is one of my favorite authors, and he's just got a few things that I don't believe. I don't believe like he believes. But I so fear God, and I so think John Bevere is such a great man of God that I still will, it talks about cud, how a cow will bring up his food and almost vomit it back up in his mouth and chew on it some more. Well, those are some that I've put on the sideline and will come back and chew on them some more. I fear God. And I believe he, he to be a man of God. So I may dismiss it, I, but I'm not out here talking about how John Bevere is, a, is wrong and that he's off. No, I'm not going to do that. Well, how does that edify him? How does that edify the church? How does that benefit anyone? It doesn't. I need to shut my mouth. And maybe I, maybe I don't go that direction that he does. But I need to be careful what I say about that man of God. 
So, does a person have to speak in tongues? No. Um, I do want to make this point, and this is probably going to, some of you may disagree with it. That's okay. Many people teach that speaking in tongues is the evidence of the baptism in the Holy Spirit, meaning if you don't speak in tongues, you didn't receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. I do not agree. I believe that we receive by faith, it says in Luke chapter 11, that how the Lord, the Lord will give His Holy Spirit to those who ask. That means my part is the asking. It doesn't say to those who ask and then who follow up by speaking in tongues. It says to those who ask. But don't let that hinder you from the gift of tongues. I believe everyone could, can and should. And if you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit and you've not got your prayer language, let me pray for you. Let me pray for you. I think I can help you. If not, there's other people in this church that, that can pray for you that I completely trust. Maybe you say, but the Scriptures teach that not everyone is supposed to speak in tongues. Uh, Mikey, can you put up 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 12, verse 30? I'm almost done. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 30. Do all speak in tongues? And then if you go on to 1 Corinthians 14, verse 27. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 27. He says, if any... Speak in a tongue, let there be only one or two, two or three at most. Paul's teaching here is not, is not referring to the ability to speak in tongues, which comes from the baptism in the Holy Spirit. What he is speaking of is the ministry gift that God has set in the church, explaining that not all Spirit-baptized Christians have the same ministry. I do not have the gift of tongues for, now I have operated in it. Let me tell you, you know you cannot not flow heavily in the, maybe the gift of healing or the gift of tongues or the gift of knowledge, but you can still sometimes at the moment flow in it. And I don't, I don't have, or at least to this point, I'm not one that's gifted in the, the ministry gift of tongues. Uh, I believe John probably is. He is a, a regular one that will give a tongue and interpretation. Bill Olinghouse gave one just a few days ago. Um, that's not what we're talking about. We are talking about the prayer language that comes with the baptism in the Holy Spirit. We're talking about the thing that happened to the 120. We're talking about the ones that in Cornelius uh, that received the, the Spirit and the tongues. It doesn't say there was interpretations. It doesn't even say that there was even hardly a church service going on. There was just somebody preaching, and all of a sudden, they, were, they received the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Paul came and laid hands on those. Oh, y'all are disciples. Y'all know Christ. Have you received the Spirit? No, we haven't. We'll receive. And they start speaking in tongues. Not the same thing. There is a gift of tongues and there is praying in tongues. I'm going to show it to you. Paul also says in 1 Corinthians 14 verse 5. Now I want you all to speak in tongues. So Paul's not contradicting himself. He's talking about two separate things. He's talking about praying in tongues, speaking in tongues, and then inside the church when a gift, the tongue gift is given and the interpretation has to follow. Amen? He's not, contra being, he's not contradicting. And again, Paul at no time criticizes speaking in tongues. All that he criticizes is the misuse of the gift. He's not saying that the gift of tongues is bad ever. 
And he's not saying that praying in tongues is bad ever. He says, I wish you all would pray in tongues. So when we teach about the manifestation of tongues, a distinct distinction needs to be made between the ability to pray in tongues, which comes when one is baptized in the Holy Spirit, and the ministry gift of tongues, which involves the public, uh, in the public assembly, which are to be interpreted. While all Christians should be baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, not all have the prominent ministry of speaking in tongues publicly. They're two different things. You don't have to worry about, oh man, does that mean now that I've been baptized in the Spirit and i got my prayer language that I've got to give a tongue in church? No. Be relieved. No. You cannot have your prayer language and be able to give that gift. Let me tell you, a God can speak through a donkey. And he has. Thank you for no amens there. I appreciate just the laughter. <laughs> While we teach and fully expect everybody to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit and to speak in tongues, not everybody does. Not because it's not God's will, but because of fear or ignorance or because we quench the Spirit or just because we're just plain old afraid. God will not force any of His child to do anything that He is not willing to do. Isn't God so good? He is so good. You know, sometimes I try to force my kids to do stuff. God doesn't. God doesn't. Some people will receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit, and their lives change. Their changed lives testifies that they've received, but they've never spoken in tongues. Even the scriptures don't insist that everybody speak in tongues when he receives the baptism in the Spirit. But clearly it is the norm. Since four out of five cases that we read in Acts, when the Holy Spirit is received, people receiving speak in tongues. The only, the only exception was the Samaritan revival in Acts 8 where tongues isn't mentioned. But many biblical scholars believe that even on that occasion tongues was evidence since Simon the, music, the musician, the magician... <laughs> Since Simon the magician saw something that made him want the, that ability. He saw power happen. And many scholars believe it was tongues. It just wasn't mentioned. But in that instance, out of four out of the five, that one did not have a mention of uh, tongues. All right, that's it for tonight. Y'all stand up with me. Sometimes I think I'm just building a case, but you guys are already on board with me. Other times I feel like I'm up against a wall and trying to break through. Other times I can't read it at all. Father, in Jesus' name, we are just, I am just, I uh, just want to submit to your Holy Spirit. Come under your authority, come under your power. Come under your grace and your mercy. And Lord, in Ephesians it says to be filled. And Lord, your translation is to be continually filled. Lord, I can tell you, I need to be filled again. I need to be filled again. Father, I just ask you as a spirit-filled church to fill our church with your spirit. Fill our church with your spirit. 
Tammy, go ahead if you're okay to sing. Go ahead and sing, sing that for us. If you want prayer, if you want prayer, I just want to open that up to you to come on down and let me pray for you. What our heart longs for Overcome by your presence Lord Your presence Well, 
Father, we just thank you for tonight. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. I just ask for an equipping for the rest of the week. Lord, that you would be with us as we go. That, Lord, that you would just give us divine appointments with our siblings, with our co-workers, with our family. Lord, I just pray for a miracle to take place in our hearts, to take place in our city. Lord, that revival would start right here in our hearts, right here between you and me, Holy Spirit. That, that revival would start right here between you and me. Right here, Lord, in my heart. Revival in my heart. Revive my heart, Lord. Revive our hearts, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And just bless us. Bless us, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You guys have a great rest of the week. We'll see you Sunday.